Chapter Two Patty and Her Pitcher, or Kindness of Heart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Old Old Fairy Tales by Laura Valentine. Patty and Her Pitcher, or Kindness of Heart. Patty was the most charming little girl in her native village, and so all the neighbors said. Such a character as this it is very difficult to obtain, but when children do get it, you may be sure they deserve it. Patty deserved it, for she loved everybody and everything, and in return she was rewarded by the love of all who knew her. The pigeons flew down from their little house to coo around her. The fowls fed from her hand, the cat rolled over her feet and purred out her fondness, and even the steady old dog Bluff amused himself with the strangest antics and gambols whenever he could gain her attention. They all knew very well how kind and good she was, although they could not say so. She was also very industrious, for when quite a child she used to bustle about and do little things in the handiest manner and as for sewing she was the pattern child at the dame's school where her sampler was hung up in state that the other children should see what might be done by industry and care when she went to the spring that was near to dip her pitcher into its bright bubbling water she would warble out her sweet little ballads with a voice that took the attention of all who heard for her heart was full of joy and she could not restrain her gladness on one of her journeys to the spring happened the great extent of her life, which I now sit down to write. It will show very clearly that we should always be ready to do a kind action to any one, for love and kindness shown to others always return tenfold to the giver as it did to her. Well then, to begin the story, as I have now told you all about Patty and her goodness, Patty had filled her pitcher at the spring and was carrying it home and it was no trifle to carry when full, when, almost in sight of her cottage, she saw a poor old woman sitting upon the trunk of a fallen tree, as if fatigued after a long journey. Her face was as brown as a nut, and covered with wrinkles, and her eyes were dull and sunken. On her back was tied a bundle, heavy enough for a strong man to carry. She turned her eyes upon Patty as she approached, and cast eager looks upon the sparkling water in the pitcher a draught from which she longed to ask for and trusting in the good-natured rosy face of patty she at last ventured to do so dear little child said she in a feeble voice let me cool my parched lips with a drink from your pitcher for i am very old and faint and weary to be sure mother and welcome said patty lifting it up so that the old woman might readily quench her thirst. Long and eagerly did the poor creature drink, so long indeed that Patty was really quite surprised. Thank you, my darling. Heaven will reward you for your kindness to the poor and aged, said the old woman. Oh, you're quite welcome, mother, replied Patty, and again went on her way. But she had not proceeded before she met a large dog, who seemed to be bound on a long journey, for he was covered with dust, his eyes were red, and his parched tongue was hanging out of his mouth to catch the cool air. 
Poor fellow, said Patty. The dog turned round at her kind voice and stopped to look at her. She held out her hand and he came near her. She put down her pitcher to caress him and then he tried to make his way to what his instinct told him was water. She knew what the poor dog wanted and held the pitcher so that he could drink. He lapped and lapped until she really began to think that he would never leave off. At last he looked up to her face and licked her hand in gratitude. Then, after two or three bounds, to show her how refreshed he was, he trotted on his way. Soon after, she met a group of little children who had been gathering flowers and daisies and making posies with them. They had been scampering about the fields and were tired and thirsty, so Patty told them to put their little hands together and make cups of them. Then she filled these handy cups and made them drink. Will you please take this nosegay, they said, and offered her the prettiest one they had. Let me put it in your bosom myself, said the smallest one of the group. They stooped down while the grateful child fastened it with a pin in her frock. Each of them received a kiss, and then all ran off to pluck more pretty flowers. Patty looked into her pitcher and found that it was more than half empty, so that she must have her journey over again, so it was of no use going home with such a drop as that. But then she saw some harebells growing by the dusty roadside, drooping for want of water, so she gave them the benefit of what was left in her pitcher, and the flowers seemed to love her for her kindness. Back she went, without one thought about her trouble, and soon gained the margin of the spring. She was just about to stoop and dip her pitcher into its transparent depth, when she thought she saw something glistening beneath, which caused her to withdraw her hand. She watched and watched until she saw a sweet little face looking up at her, and presently there stood before her one of the most beautiful of fairies. She stood upon the water with the same ease as Patty stood on the land, and she was not really higher than the pitcher. So, Patty, said she, you see she knew Patty, so you have come back again, my dear. Yes, madam, replied Patty, rather alarmed. Yes, madam, because I, I know all about it, said the fairy, stopping her, and because I know is the reason that you see me, for I am a friend only to the good and kind, and I come now to make you a very useful present. A present, said Patty, surprised and pleased. Yes, and such a one as will be a lasting reward for your goodness of heart toward others, and your little care about yourself. You blush because you do not remember the many kind things that you have done, and I am the more pleased to see that you think I am giving you too much praise. You forget all those acts of kindness which are the ornament of your life, and this assures me of the pureness of your motives, for it is our duty to forget the good we do to others, and to remember only what they do for us. You have always done so, my dear little Patty. To reward you, I will place a spell upon your pitcher, which for the future shall always be full of water, or of milk, as you may wish it. It shall also be able to walk, and to speak whenever you may require it, and shall always be your firm friend in trouble. Trust to it, 
and never give way to despair. If, by any mishap, it should be parted from you, it will easily, by its magic power, be able to find you, and be by your side as your adviser and protector. Do not be afraid to accept this at my hands, for I am one of the fairies who oppose all that is evil. You, by your goodness, have acquired the power of seeing me and hearing me speak. Whenever mortals are good enough, this power is given to them, and we appear and present them with some reward that only the virtuous deserve on this earth. So put your pitcher down by your side, Patty. Patty did as she was desired. Now look into it. Patty did so, and to her astonishment, beheld the bright water gradually rising until the pitcher was full to the brim. When she saw it was full, she was going to raise it, but found it too heavy for her strength. You need not trouble yourself to carry it, said the fairy, smiling. It will itself save you all further trouble of that kind. With that, she touched it with her wand, and the pitcher raised itself upon two very well-shaped legs, made out of the same stone as the brown pitcher itself. As soon as it was firm on its feet, it made a very polite bow to Patty as its future mistress. Now, Patty, said the fairy, follow your pitcher, and you cannot do wrong. As she finished speaking, she broke into thousands of sparkling drops and mixed with the bubbling stream, which seemed to bear her away. Patty rubbed her eyes and hoped that she should wake from what really appeared a dream. She coughed aloud, then pinched herself, then ran up and down the lane, and at last she was convinced she was awake. But more than all, there stood the brown pitcher on his natty brown legs, waiting for orders what to do. Quite ready to start, mistress, said a voice from the pitcher. Patty screwed up her courage and said, Come on then, pitcher, and set the example by starting off with a run. And did not the pitcher follow her in good earnest? Indeed, it ran so fast that it soon overtook her and ran before her all the way home. But the most wonderful thing was, although it bounded along with long strides and high jumps over the roughest places in the lanes, it did not spill one single drop of water. This puzzled Patty, who, with her utmost care, could never avoid wetting her frock whenever she had tried to run with the pitcher even half full. What will the people think when we get into the village, thought Patty, as she looked at her strange companion. I'm sure they will be frightened. And what will my mother and father say when they see what I have brought home? Do not trouble yourself about that, said the pitcher, who seemed to hear her thoughts. Your parents will soon get accustomed to me, and be rather pleased when they discover my handiness, for you have yet to find out all the good things I can do. As he was speaking, they came to a very high and difficult style. Shall I help you over, said Patty, thinking of his short legs? Oh, dear, no, said the pitcher. See how little I require it. So saying, he skipped over the stile in the most graceful manner. As he did so, a dog that was passing popped his tail between his legs, and after two or three very weak barks, ran away in a dreadful fright. A man at the same time was approaching with a slow and pompous walk for he was the squire of the village who upon perceiving the strange pitcher clear the stile in that miraculous manner was overcome with wonder 
but he soon moved pretty quickly when he saw the little legs speeding along toward him. He uttered one loud cry and fled. His hat flew one way, his gold-headed cane another, and his cloak flew up into the air like wings. He had not proceeded far before his legs failed him, and he lay kicking in a furze bush, roaring for help. Patty could not help laughing, but the pitcher, trotting on with the greatest unconcern, soon reached the cottage door, where he rather astonished Patty's poor parents. When he entered, he sat himself quietly down in the corner, where he had been always kept, so that nobody could see his legs. The neighbors, therefore, who had been alarmed by the squire's account of his fright, and only saw a pitcher like every one had at home, of course thought the old squire a little bit out of his mind. Patty was awakened next morning by hearing a noise below, as if someone were busy with the furniture. She heard the chairs pushed about, and presently the handle of a pail clinked down as plain as plain could be, so she put on part of her clothes and crept down. The noise still continuing, she peeped through the red curtains that were hung across the room to keep the wind away from their backs when they sat by the fireside, and there she saw not any thieves, but the pitcher. And what do you think it was doing? Why, mopping the red tiles of the floor, and very well did he handle the mop. And there was the pail full of water by his side, as if he had been a servant of all work all his life. And more wonderful still, there was the fire burning. We can fancy a pitcher of water washing the floor, but cannot imagine its doing anything with a fire except putting it out. But no, there had he lighted the fire and put the kettle on, which was just singing a most delightful song about the breakfast being nearly ready. Good morning, my good mistress, said the pitcher, in no way put out. You need not trouble yourself to do anything but grow and improve yourself, for from henceforth you will have very little labor to do as I am your very humble servant. Was not Patty pleased, for she was growing a tall girl, and felt a great desire to improve herself with her books, which she had had very little time to do, as she had been so much occupied with her household duties. When Patty was left alone in the evening with the pitcher in the corner, she said how much she was obliged to him, and how much she wished to learn, but wanted to know what she was to do for books as she had read the few she possessed a hundred times. Oh, that's very soon remedied, said the pitcher, for you have only to wish, and I will yield as much milk as you please. Then you can make butter and cheese, and go and sell it at the market town, and buy as many books as you like, and have plenty of money to spare for other purposes. No sooner said than done. Patty set out all the pans she had and could borrow from her kind neighbors, and as fast as they came, the pitcher ran about and filled them, so that she soon had plenty of cream for her butter and cheese. She had only to ask, and a good old neighbor lent her a churn, which the pitcher soon found a pair of arms to turn, and such butter was produced as had not been seen in the village for many a day. Was not Patty pleased, and were not her parents delighted? The same old farmer lent her a horse and panniers, and early in the morning she started for the market town, the way to which the pitcher pointed out to her. He did not go with her, as he said the people of the town were not used to see brown pitchers, so he should stop at home and look after the cheese. Patty proceeded on her way, looking as happy and as handsome as the best farmer's daughter of them all. So everybody in the market said, where she sold all her butter. End of chapter 
so went on patty's success until she grew into a pretty neat young woman with her old parents living in comfort in one of the best cottages in the village everybody saying that she deserved her good fortune and not one single soul envying her you may guess she was happy indeed one evening she was standing in the garden feeding some of her pigeons when a handsomely dressed stranger approached the gate who after admiring her for a short time took off his plumed hat in the most graceful manner and begged her to inform him the nearest way to the next town when she spoke the music of her voice and her charming modesty seemed to increase the admiration of the stranger he bowed and after a slight hesitation went on his way but that young stranger came again and again although he knew his way very well to and from the neighboring city at last she found that it was the way to her heart he was seeking for he told her parents that he was rich and wished to have a wife whom everybody spoke well of since his own wealth left him at liberty to choose for himself without a desire for any more the parents smiled as they looked upon the handsome suitor whom they did not think one bit too good for their dear patty and so in the course of a short time they were married great joy was in the village on the day of the wedding if the queen had visited the village there could not have been more gladness of heart all left off working and made holiday groups of people here and there talked of the kind actions patty had done the poor women spoke of the clothes she had made for them and said there never was such a good creature as patty some had received nice little dishes of cookery when they were ill many of the girls had been taught to sew and make garments and the little children had been taught to read the church was filled with people who loved her and wished to take one last fond look at her sweet face garlands of flowers were hung across the road with mottoes such as patty the good god bless our friend patty kind actions never die and when the married pair started from the church scores of old shoes were flung after them for good luck with such shouts and huzzas that the village never heard before but the stranger who had married patty took her home to a noble palace where his forefathers had reigned for many centuries as princes and the humble little patty found that her dear husband had made her a princess and surrounded her with all the luxuries and splendors of her high station did patty forget her humble home and her old friend the pitcher no she did not the pitcher was with her but her parents wished to remain in their peaceful home which their dear child had made so happy by her virtuous industry in the splendid state in which patty now lived the pitcher was as much her servant and benefactor as when he first assisted her in the humble cottage when the poor came to the palace gates he stood there and poured into their pitchers nourishing soup to support them and their families and they did not forget to bless the good princess for her kindly thoughts of those who needed her protection and charity so much and so the pitcher although not now called upon to work still continued in the name of his mistress to do good to all around but even the very best of us cannot escape from envious hearts and evil tongues and so it fell out to princess patty for we love to call her patty although she became a princess many of the wicked courtiers who envied her being loved by the people whispered slanders into the ears of the prince her husband who at last was weak enough to listen to them for they made him afraid 
by telling him that she was trying to bribe the people by her charities to rebel against the rightful prince and to place herself on the throne alone and also that evil spirits helped her and that the friendly pitcher was one of them alas for human weakness the prince at last was convinced by their arguments of her guilt and although his heart ached commanded her to be put into a dungeon in the very depths of the palace and left her there to mourn she did not mourn long for as night came on the pitcher opened her prison doors and aided her in her flight come said he return to your peaceful home and show your husband that it is his heart and not his kingdom that you covet he will be sorry for what he has done when he finds that he has lost you she followed the pitcher but they had not proceeded far in their flight when patty saw that they were pursued by a party of soldiers she screamed with alarm be not alarmed dearest princess said the pitcher i will stop these pursuers so saying he bent over the side of the rock and poured out a cataract of water into the valley through which they were coming the waters rolled in high waves and swept them from the path until it became like a large deep lake the soldiers swam to the nearest land glad to save their lives that night she slept beneath the humble roof of her parents their own dear patty early in the morning she was in her own beloved garden with the beautiful flowers and she tried to be happy and forget the past by being always at work and by making others happy but her thoughts would wander to the home of her husband and she grieved over his unkindness to her in return for her love to him and sometimes in the midst of her tears she would hope that some fortunate accident might remove the evil thought from his mind that had caused her so much grief the pitcher was always by her side and gave her comfort in her silent sorrow the news of patty's return to her home soon spread through the village and all came to see once more one whom they had learned to love so much she told them nothing of her husband's cruel conduct for she loved him too much to let them think he was unkind our friend patty they said has come to visit her parents we must make her a present many a talk they had about what the present should be at last they settled it and all the girls helped to make a beautiful piece of worsted work wrought with many bright colors and spread on a handsome frame the motto worked in it was kind actions to others bring happiness to ourselves little did they think how much grief was then in patty's heart but still the motto was true as we shall see before we finish the story days and weeks rolled on but no news reached her from her husband had he quite left her or did he believe that she had been swept away by the torrent which had so nearly drowned his soldiers she hoped that it was so for then he might be mourning her as dead for surely he must have found long ere this that the wicked courtiers had spoken falsely one fine morning she had risen earlier than usual for her mind was restless and she could not sleep she walked into the pure air scented with the perfume of flowers and her fevered brow was refreshed with the cool breeze looking round she beheld her friend the pitcher trimming the flowers like an old gardener who knew his business good morning fair mistress mine said he you are up betimes for the sun has hardly climbed the distant mountains to peep into our valley but i am glad to see you so early afoot 
as you perceive that I am taking extra care with the garden, for I expect visitors today. Visitors? exclaimed Patty, with an inquiring look. Yes, visitors, said the pitcher, from whose mouth issued a low, chuckling laugh. I can hear distinctly a footstep in the distance. It comes this way. Listen. It is now near enough for mortal ears to hear. And so it was. Nearer and nearer it came. Presently the figure of a palmer appeared at the wicket gate. He entered, but when he beheld before him the figure of his long-lost Patty, he suddenly stopped, and stood quite still like a statue of surprise. It was indeed her husband, the prince. That is the visitor I expected, said the pitcher. He has believed you dead, and has wandered to many places to assuage his grief. At last he has dared to venture to this humble cottage, that he might again see the spot where he first had the good fortune to meet you. He hoped to console his unhappy mind and to atone for his crime by coming where everything would remind him of you and of your virtues and of the fault he has committed in believing that you were trying to get his riches and his kingdom when he himself was all your world, all your riches, all your enjoyment. Your being alive is the reward for his sincere repentance. He finds you in your first humble sphere, grieving for nothing but the loss of him, hoping for nothing but the return of his love. The prince rushed forward with a cry of delight and knelt at Patty's feet. The pitcher, like a discreet friend, placed her hand in his and then went on with his gardening, leaving the long-separated couple to themselves, who quickly effected a reconciliation with each other. Patty's parents rejoiced in her newly found happiness, yet felt a pang of regret when some days after the happy meeting the prince proposed that they should return to his kingdom and that he would send forward a message that his wife should make her entry in triumph. The pitcher walked out of the cottage and joined the group. Prince, said he, spare yourself the trouble. I am here to give my last service to my mistress. I have rewarded her for the greatest of virtues, self-denial and love for her fellow creatures. And the fairy who animated me now recalls me to her water palace. Behold, as he ceased speaking, jets of sparkling water rose high into the air from his mouth until a broad lake spread over the valley upon which was borne a gilded barge rowed by stout boatmen in the prince's livery. It glided to their feet, and they all stepped in. The servants pulled with a good will into the midst of the stream. Still the fountain played from the pitcher's mouth till the stream was swollen into a mighty river, down which they floated until they came in sight of their own castle, standing high up on the rocks on the border of the current. Flags floated from the turrets, and booming cannons sent forth their noisy welcome. Crowds of rejoicing vassals stood to receive their much-loved princess, whose happy tears spoke for her to the hearts that knew so well how good she was. The prince and princess lived happily many years over a thriving and contented people, whose love and loyalty were the strongest bulwarks of their throne. The benevolence of the princess and her charming courtesy and gentleness gained her the title of the gentle princess, and she was pointed out as a model for the imitation of all the young princesses of the neighboring countries. The happy pair were blessed with a numerous and beautiful family of sons and daughters, to whom their mother would often relate the story of her early life, for she was not ashamed to confess her former lowly station and humble parentage, 
and much wonder and delight was always expressed by the younger children at her account of the magic pitcher and many were the wishes that it would again make its appearance but these wishes were not to be gratified the magic pitcher was seen no more but its history teaches all who read it that kindness to others brings happiness to ourselves end of chapter two